this morning, I really feel that the Lord wants to minister to us. And Jordan, if you don't mind, just stay with me. How are you doing, Jordan? Man, good to see you. And thank you to the worship team. They just took us right there, like, boom, right there in. Thank you so much to, to you guys. We really bless. Can you give them a hand? So this morning, I really, I said this morning to Pastor Ross that I feel God wants me to build a foundation for what's to take place in what God has put in his heart for the rest of the year for this church. And as we spoke and I just waited on the Lord to try to hear what is it that the Lord wants for me to share today, he said to me, tell my people that I am taking them somewhere, that there's a destiny that I have for them, there's purpose that I have for them, there are things that are prepared for them in 2022 that are prepared for them long time ago. And God said, it is my desire that each and every one of my people will be able to step into the things and the destiny and the purpose and the mandate that are prepared for them for 2022. It is his heart that none of us would miss out on what he has prepared for each and every one of us. And he said, this is what I should tell you. He said, before you get to that place of mandate and the place of purpose, there are certain things that you need to let go of. How many of you know that every time when God finds a man or a woman or God finds somebody that he wants to use, he finds them in a space where they are currently? I'll explain it this way. Every time God wants to use you, God finds you in the place of your circumstances and the current realities that you're going through. God does not find you normally in a different place where most of the time as the church we've told you that when God wants to use you, it means you need to be clean up first. Come on, be washed by the blood and be purified and be perfect. And only at that time, that's the only time when God is going to be able to use you. Can I say to you today, on the first Sunday of 2022, that that is a lie. God, when he comes to use us, he still comes and finds us in the mess and the midst of the things that we're going through. Some stuff that we have not yet dealt with. Some things that we're still dealing with. Some things that we're still praying about. Some things that are not so perfect. Some things that we still feel shame about. And God comes right into that space and looks at us and, still, and say, say to you, I still have a purpose for you. And he comes and looks at you and says, I still have a plan for you. Right where you are, in the midst of your shame, in the midst of your guilt, in the midst of your shortcomings, in the midst of things that you're still working on, some emotional stuff that you're working on, those anger issues, God said, no, 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 I come right at that place and I bring my word to you and this is my word to you, I am going to use you. He said, I want you to come as you are, but I don't want you to remain as you are. You see, for far too long as the church, we have been told that you first have to behave. If you go talk to people and say, man, why don't you come to Jesus? Why don't you step into the things that God has for you? They will tell you that, no man, I'm still working on things. I'm not there yet. Look, when Jesus went to the, his disciples to call them, do you know that Jesus called the unsaved guys that were fishing? These guys were not saved. Read your Bible. They had not even had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And he comes to them, find some of them were tax collectors. They had a reputation. He comes to them and says, come follow me. He didn't say to them, before you follow me, pray after me. Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart? No. He says, right where you are, come follow me. 
Why, why would Jesus say that? It's because Jesus knew that if anybody comes close to him and walk to him, what is on Jesus was going to rub off on them and their lives was going to change. He was not threatened by their mistakes. He was not threatened by their shortcomings because Jesus knew that what he carried on the inside of him and his name is above every name that any spirit that has been operating on their lives has to bow down to the name and the authority of Jesus. That is why he was bold to say to them, come follow me just like you are. But we have been preaching to people for many years that the only time when God is able to call you into your mandate is if you have cleaned up and dealt with those hohos and things that you're dealing with. It's a lie. Can I expose lies on the first Sunday of the year so that when you start to begin to step into this year, you step upon the truth of the word and the truth of what God is saying of you. So I've just come here to talk to somebody that's messed up, that is still in a messy place, somebody that doesn't feel they are perfect. I've come here for you, baby. And I've come here to tell you that God's word is coming right at you where you are. And he's saying, I've got a mandate for you. I have a plan for you. And you're going to walk my mandate in my plan. Bishop Tony Miller once said this word. He said, God is preparing you for what he has already prepared for you. God is preparing you for what he has already prepared for you. The Bible said, before the foundations of the universe said we were conceived in the mind of God. It means we existed before we really existed. Even before some of your parents that told maybe that, you know, we did not plan you. No, they might not have planned you, but heaven had planned you. And heaven made sure that you, the two of them get together in the messy state that they were in so that you come. So that the plan that God has for you can be able to manifest and to come on earth. So God had already said, this is what I'm going to do with you. This is what I'm going to use you. And this is how I'm going to use you. These are the things that I'm going to do through you. And so when you came... You walked right into what God was going to do. But you had to come start walking towards the reality of what God has already prepared for you. So the Lord said, I must tell you this morning, you got to let go before you go. <laughs> let go before you go. I'm going to just read a few scriptures. And then we jump straight into this. There are three things that came to my spirit as I prepared this. I said, God, if you say we got to let go before we go into the mandate that we have for us, what are the things that we should let go of, Lord? He said, the first thing that you got to let go of is comfort. Comfort has become one of the number one enemies for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Most of us, when God comes, calls us, the first thing that comes to mind is not God where and how or whatever. I start to think is, how is this going to affect my comfort? And if you can read in your Bible and look at every man and woman that God has called them, God always calls you to come out of your comfort zone into the place where he's calling you to. God cannot use you in your comfort. Because comfort has a way of, of sending a false, a false notion of control. So when I'm comfortable, it means I'm in control of my stuff. And God cannot use me until I let go of certain things that I want to be in control of. I want to be in control of my finances. I want to be in control of where I'm going to live. I want to be in control of who I'm going to speak to. Like Jonah, God said, Jonah, go speak to them. No, 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 not those ones, God. You cannot forgive them. It's not comfortable for me to go speak to them. Comfort. And I read in the book of Numbers, 
Numbers chapter 4, chapter 14. He's got it there. From verse 1 to verse 4. This is what it says. Then the, then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Next verse. Their voices rose in great chorus to, of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let us choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. If you read Numbers 13, in Numbers 13, that's when Moses gathered 12 men representing every tribe to say to them, go and plot the land of Canaan that God has given to us. Moses was not saying to the 12, tri to the 12 tribes that go plot on that land that God might give us. He said, go look at what God has given us because God had already spoken and Moses understood that once God says something, is as good as done. And Moses understood that this word was not just the word that came to him, but it was a word that came even before him that God said, I'm going to take my people to the land that flows with milk and honey. So he says to these 12 men, go and just spy on the land. Go see what's there. And the 12 men, they went and when they came back, 10 of them came back and said, wow, the land was beautiful and all those things. But he said, but the men that were there were like giants. They said they were so used that we seemed like grasshoppers in their own eyes. Here is an interesting thing. They never had any interaction with those men. How did they know that those men looked at them and saw them as grasshoppers? And then in chapter 14, now these guys, they come and say, because everybody's just thinking, my goodness, we're going to die. Those guys, they spread the fear around everybody. And then the Israelites says, take us back to Egypt. Why? Would they want to go back to a place that was a place of pain, a place of suffering, a place where they were slaves? It is because in that place they had control and they knew what was going to happen. And God said to me that there are some people that are comfortable in their pain. Because pain can offer a, a, a false sense of comfort. At least I know that I've suffered for long with this. At least I know what is it to cry all night. At least I know the abuse. I'd rather be here and be comfortable in my pain. The Israelites are saying to God, take us back to the place of slavery. Take us back to the place of pain. At least there we were comfortable, even if we were not comfortable. We are comfortable in our pain. Isn't it amazing? For the 22 years of me pastoring, this is what I've seen over and over and over again when I talk to people and pray with some people. I'll pray with them and I'll say, this is what the Lord says he's going to do. I'm going to do this in your life. They say, I hear you, man of God. I believe every word you say, but I just don't have the faith to come out of this place because I don't know how it's going to look like. So I'd rather remain in my pain and still suffer. While God is calling you to say, come forth, I have more for you. He said to them, Canaan is right in front of your eyes. He said, the land that I promised for your fathers and your forefathers is right in front of your eyes. But your pain, your pain is stopping you from stepping into the promises that I have for you. Do not allow your pain to stop you to walking into the mandate and the plans and the purpose that God has for you. Let go of comfort. And God was saying to them, don't you know that when I came and spoke my word to you, do you think I did not know the kind of pain that you went through? I found my servant in the wilderness and I called him. I said, Moses, go set my people free for their suffering. He said, I sent him there because I saw the pain. But because of comfort, you want to go back to the very same thing that enslaved you.
Can we be different people this morning to say, God, as 2022 begins, I know that this pain that I've been feeling, this hurt that I've been feeling has been creating a false sense of comfort. But God, I know that you have plans for me and your plans like Jeremiah 29 verse 11 are to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me future and hope. Say, God, I'm going to step into the plans that you have for me. I don't care how much it hurts. I've been in this, stuck in this place for many years, but I'm stepping out of this comfort. I will be who you say I should be. I am tired of my circumstances determining, determining the kind of man or woman that I'm going to be. Listen, I don't care how young you are. I was 18 years of age when I found Jesus. A young man who did not know his, who his father was. From age of 11, I got drunk. I smoked weed like I smoked cigarettes. I was, I was a mess. And one day I went to a crusade. A man came and started speaking and preaching the, the word of Jesus. And as the man stood up and held the microphone, I had nothing of what that man said. I felt something come on me. I felt so confused because I felt, what is this that I'm feeling? I felt like something had come out of my body. I felt like my body was just a shell. And I was sitting there confused. And all of a sudden I, I snapped out of that. As I snapped out of that, I heard the man said, you might be sitting here today. You know that Jesus has been looking for you. And today is your day. You got to give your life to Jesus. I stood up there as an 18-year-old. I said, God, I'm coming. I have had pain of fatherlessness. I have had pain of abusing my body with, with, with weed. I have had pain of abusing my body with alcohol. But God, as an 18-year-old, I'm coming and I'm standing and I'm giving my life to you. I remember driving home with my cousin and I asked her, we were in the church together, I said to her, how long did that preacher speak? She said to me, man, he spoke for about an hour and 30 minutes. I said, I had nothing of that man said. I felt like something came on me. I felt so, I said, I did not know what I was feeling. It felt like it happened for a minute. But for, after, after I walked with the Lord for a while, I, I started understanding that what came upon me that day was his presence. While I was a sinner, God marked me with his presence. And I thought it happened for a minute or so, but it was one hour, 30 minutes of just being in the presence of God. And when he, he got off me, I had this man made an altar call to, for me to come to Jesus. And I heard a voice say, you better go. That night I laid in my room. I saw a man walk in my room and said to me, I am going to use you. I, did, could, I didn't even know how to pray. I was confused. I thought it was a dream. I thought, God, what is this that I'm seeing? He said, I'm going to use you mightily. I have marked you. And all of a sudden it went. I thought, what, what, what on earth is happening? But here is the reason why all, why all that happened. I took a stand. I moved away from my comfort to say I'm going to follow Jesus. Listen to me, young people. It is never too early. It is never too early. Some of you, God has marked you today. Some of you, there's a plan that God has put in you of touching and changing nations and shaking nations of this world. Are you going to live in the place of the comfort that anxiety brings? Our people are begging so much with anxiety, but I'm telling you that if you come to Jesus, if you give your life completely to him, he's able to stick close to you than a brother and he's able to bring his spirit into your life that all those feelings that you've been feeling will vanish because you know that there's one that is greater I don't know why I have to say this but I know it's for somebody young man or young woman is never too early God has marked you there is something about you that you have on the inside of you that nations are waiting to hear but you have to step out from a place of comfort. I know my friends will say whatever they said. Do you think after I got saved, my friends were happy that I smoked weed with? 
they were upset because some of them had bought them those stuff they mocked me but I saw God do great things in my life I'm standing here in the United States of America being a South African boy from the village who accepted the word of God and so God used me you gotta let go comfort for some of you old folks the comfort of security it's a false false sense of security that comfort can bring insecurity some of you God has been waiting for you to use you he has been waiting on you and you know that God has given you his word and he said I have been waiting for you and can 2022 be the year where you say God I am going to step out into what you have for me let go before you go into what he has for you for some of you it's time to let that fear go fear fear judges chapter 6 from verse 12 Thank you, Lord. Let go of fear. 2022, we're going to step in faith. We're not going to allow fear to control us. Judges chapter 6, verse 22, this is what he says. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse 13, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why are all, where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us, us into the hands of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? In Judges chapter 6, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. And this is what he says to Gideon. He says to him, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. If you read and study that chapter, you realize that the Midianites, they, they, they came into Israel and the Bible says they had a history of every nation they captured. The Bible says they will squander everything to the smallest of a thing that is left. They'll not be other, like other nations that will come and leave some leftovers. No, when they came, they took everything. And the Bible says that, that some of the men had to go into the, into the bushes or into the wilderness to go find places where they could hide the little that they have for their family. So Gideon is under a tree hiding. Actually, the Bible says he was there under the tree with weed. Trying, to, trying to, 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 to keep it for his family. And the angel of the Lord appears to him in the state. Listen, he's hiding. Trying to hide food. And he says to him, if you read from the beginning of uh, chapter 6 of Judges, he says, you mighty warrior. And he's thinking, God, are you confused? Think about it. Here you are hiding. Here you are scared. And God looks at him. He speaks a word that is contrary to what he's going through. And Gideon answered to him before he said to him, I am from a despised family. And he said, and in my family that is despised, I'm the least of them all. He said, you have come here to talk to the wrong person. If low self-esteem had a name, the name would be Gideon. He said, you, 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 you're talking to the wrong guy today. 
But the angel of the Lord is not threatened by that. He says, you are a mighty warrior and go in strength. Fear had kept him in that place. And God wanted to say to Gideon that you are a mighty warrior, but for me to conquer these nations, I need you to get out of from the place of fear into the place of, of, of being a warrior, a courageous man that I've called you to be. But isn't it interesting that the word of God came to a fearful man but when the word of God came to this fearful man the word of God was not the word that was full of fear it was the word that spoke directly against the very same thing that has tormented this man for many years and God said no 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 Gideon you are not as weak as you think actually you are the opposite of whatever you're feeling which that might say to some of you that the things that you have been battling with, the things that you thought that are your, your weakest areas, those are the very same thing that you are the opposite of. If you have been battling with anxiety and depression, God can come to you and say you've got a sober mind. Because the enemy will always weaken you in the areas of your strength. Do you want to know what your strength is? Look at the places where, you, where the enemy is tormenting you. Thank you, Pastor. Look at the places where the enemy is tormenting you, where he's got his neck, his foot on your neck. That's the area of your power. So the angel of the Lord said to Gideon, Gideon, you thought you were fearful? You thought you were weak? He said, no, 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 Gideon. That is not the story in heaven. When heaven looks at you, Gideon, heaven sees you as a mighty warrior, Gideon. The angel of the Lord says to Gideon, he said, the victory of this nation is lying upon your shoulders. You are not weak. Don't you know, Gideon, that that was a sign that the weak areas of your life was representing the strength of your life. He said, when you break out of this fear, Gideon, you're going to conquer thousands with only 300 men and they will never see it coming. No one in history has ever done what Gideon did. A man that was hiding. But when heaven looked at this man, when God knew that before he was in his mother's womb, he said to Jeremiah, I said, Jeremiah, I knew you, Jeremiah. And he's saying to Gideon again, he said, Gideon, do you think I just showed up today? And I just felt like telling you that you're a mighty warrior. He said, no, Gideon, I just came to announce your name in heaven. Your name on earth, Gideon, might be a timid, low self-esteem, fearful Gideon. But he's saying in heaven, Gideon, you've got a name. And your name in heaven, Gideon, is a mighty warrior. The victory of this nation is lying upon your shoulders. And Gideon, when you're going to start embracing the word of God, you're going to do things that your mind will be blown away with. All of you sitting here, there is a reality and a name that heaven is calling you by. But there's also a name that earth is calling you by. That is opposite sometimes from the name that heaven is calling you by. But today I pray that God will open up your heart and your mind and your eyes so that you may see and hear what the heavenly says you are. You're going to break out of that fear and break into strength, into strength, into strength, into strength. There's many people's lives that are going to come to the Lord. There are many people's families that were going to go to bed hungry, but just because you embrace the word of the Lord, you are going to be a solution. And the devil wanted to keep you in that place of shame. But you're stepping out of that. The third thing we need to let go of, we need to let go of shame and guilt. Shame and guilt. That's one of the demonic things that the enemy has used against the church of Jesus Christ. 
for people who are who be living in just a lot of shame and guilt because of what they have done. <laughs> but what you don't realize that your shame and guilt cannot be able to doesn't have any legs to stand on because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And on the cross, after he had done all he did, he said it was finished. And Paul came again to remind you, say, there's now no more condemnation. Which means condemnation then becomes my choice. Because there's been a provision that has been given for my condemnation, which was through the cross of Jesus Christ. He died for me and for my sins. So if I'm carrying any sin in my life, that any condemnation in my life, I have decided to carry it. And some of you have been living in a place of condemnation and the enemy is comfortable with you living in that place because he knows that if you keep looking at yourself the way you look at yourself, if you keep thinking of yourself the way you've been thinking of yourself, you are never going to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness. But I've come here this morning to tell you it is time to let go of that shame and that guilt. I don't care what you did. I don't care who you did it with. I don't care how much. I really don't care. But I'm telling you that the blood of Jesus it is still powerful enough to cleanse any kind of sin. Isaiah said that he washes us white as snow. That is the blood of Jesus. A songwriter says it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley it does not tell mean it doesn't care where how high you are or how low you are the blood of Jesus can get you and it can cleanse you so you have to get rid of that condemnation and guilt it is demonic do you hear me it is demonic because he's stopping you from advancing the kingdom of God and becoming the man or the woman who God has called you to be. We cannot allow that to be going on again in the church. And the church has been part of the problem because we ended up elevating and magnifying people's mistakes but not magnifying the power of the blood of Jesus. I'm not going to be coming here and being a pity party. Oh, it's okay, you know. You know, God understand. Oh, God. No, 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 no. I'm not here for that. I'm here to tell you, I don't care how hard you're Bob, how bad you messed up. His blood is going to wash you and there's still so much in you that needs to be done. So you got to rise up from that place of shame, rise up from that place of guilt and get up to be who God has called you to be. I know I'm preaching it like I'm from Africa and I'm from there. You have to get out of that place. The prison of shame and guilt. You have been set free. Listen to me. You have been set free. You have been set free. And God is aware this morning. He's aware of it this morning. That I was going to come and speak to you. And tell you that it's the time for you to step into what he has for you. To step into the mandate that he has for you for 2022. And he's aware of where you are and how you have messed up. And, and God said, tell them I don't care about that. What I care for is for them to believe my word and to know that if I've said it, I'm not like men that I can lie. They will get up and be who I've called them to be. All I'm looking for this morning is you crazy people that would believe that God can still use them. Few crazy people that will believe that they're still carrying something of heaven on the inside of them and that the earth is yearning, the earth is groaning for you, the sons of God, to arise. But for you as the sons of God to arise, you first have to believe that you're still carrying his word and that his word has power. His word is sharper. Sharper than any double-edged sword. His word is strong. His word is like an incorruptible seed. When his word falls into your heart, his word, yes, yes, to die. Because unless the seed die first, you know, it's when it dies that it's going to bring forth life. 
you cannot corrupt the seed of God's word in your life. Whatever you have done in your life cannot be able to corrupt the seed of God's word in your life. And this morning I've come to speak to the seed of God's word in your life on the inside of you. And I say you arise to be who God has called you to be. You arise to be who God says you are. I'm finishing with this. We're going to pray. Moses finds himself after he ran away from Egypt, from killing a man. He finds himself one day in the wilderness minding his own business. And the Bible says he saw a bush burning. That was not a big deal for somebody that is in the field all the time because you see that all the time. But something drew his eyes to that bush because the Bible says it was burning but not consumed. Like It was just and he said, hang on, let me walk close to this bush. And Moses walks close to the bush. And he gets there. Then God starts speaking to him. Speaking to him. He said, Moses, Moses, my servant, take off your shoes. He said, take off, my, take off your shoes. For the land you're on is holy ground. And I said, God is very interesting. You are getting ready to use Moses to do something so great. To take your people out of a place of slavery. And when you get to him, you tell Moses to take off his shoes. And the Lord said to me, one of the reasons why we have to dare to take off his shoes and how it can apply to us is that your shoes represent where you've been. Your shoes can tell of your history. Your shoes can tell of the places you have stepped in, things that you have stepped in, things you have done. If, if I can get to your shoes right now, if your shoes could talk, I'll hear some secrets. But God is saying to Moses, take off those shoes. Take off the experiences of the guilt and the shame of killing a man in Egypt. Take off these shoes of maybe loss of esteem that you cannot speak. Take off these shoes of whatever it is, Moses, that has carried you to this point. Because going forward from this point, I don't want you to be carried by anything outside of my word. So you gotta get rid of that stuff. And for some of you this morning, God says it's time for you to take off your shoes as you're stepping into the new year. Whatever has carried you to this point, it's time to let it go and say, God, what is going to carry me going forward, it is going to be your word, what you say of me and what you think of me, not even what I think of myself. Because part of us throwing away the suit, we, uh, the shoes, sorry, we're throwing away even the stuff that we've been thinking of ourselves. Because our minds can be the greatest enemy of God. Be transformed by the reunion of your mind. Take off your shoes. Let's all stand if you can stand. Thank you, Lord. In just a few moments, we can try to social distance here in front, but we need to respond and come to the altar. And this is a sign that God, I'm getting ready to step out from where I've been. If for you this morning is to step out of a place of comfort, maybe for far too long, you never knew how to live outside of your pain and your pain has provided a false self of comfort. This morning you can say, God, I'm stepping out. I'm coming to the altar. And I say, God, I'm ready to do whatever is required of me to do this year. I might have missed it last year. I might have tried. I might have, but this year, God, I'm stepping into what you say I should do. And for some of you, I'm going to say, God, remind them of the ways that you've spoken to them. Because some of you are older, there's things that God has said to you in your young days, and they've yet not come, but I've come to tell you that this is time and a season for you to step into what God has for you.
For some of you, it might be fear. That fear has been one thing that has been holding you back from doing the things of God. You're saying, today, I am going to step out of that thing. It has no power over my life. For greater is he who lives on the inside of me than the one in the world. I don't care whatever threat that has been threatening me around me, but today I'm stepping out of fear. I'm stepping with you, Jesus, in this 2022 and beyond. I will be who you have called me to be. For some of you, you have lived with shame, guilt, and pain for far too long. You have been punishing yourself over the things that Jesus has forgiven. You have been punishing yourself over what God has dealt with on the cross. And today you say, God, I'm stepping out of that place of shame. I know they might still talk about me. I know they might still worry about God. I'm releasing myself from shame and guilt. I'm coming fully to you so that I can walk in your mandate. So if any of those three things apply to you on a step out, I'm going to ask you to come quickly on the altar. It's not going to be long. It's just a step of faith. <laughs> so how, how can I, why can't I just do it on my, and where I'm sitting? You need to step out. It's a step of faith. So please come. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. It's 2022. We are stepping out, Jesus. We are becoming all you say we are. We're not giving in to this thing. Things that has been trying to hold us back. We are stepping out. Thank you, Father. I'm going to start off with this word, Pastor Ross. Angela had a word for you this morning. I'm going to read it out. And this is what Angela said. She said she feels and senses that this word is for Pastor Ross, but there are certain individuals, and generally for this church, but there are certain individuals that this applies to. This is what she said to you, Pastor Ross. It's time to get rid of the dead weight. Now it's time to run like never before. You are going to see a flurry. You are going to see a flourishing like you have never seen before. You will give the same effort with more outcome. The so-called math won't make sense. You are in a new season in your life, in your ministry. Don't change the effort. Change the expectations. Expect more than you used to. Expect the unrealistic. Expect the miraculous. Father, we thank you for the way that has come upon the men of God. Thank you that this is a season where he's going to do the same things he did last year. But the results of what he's going to see are going to be expansion, uh, more than he expects. He's going to see way beyond God what he has seen before. We thank you that the dead weight has fallen, God. It has fallen completely. We thank you that this is a new day for this man. This is a new day for this ministry. Any dead weight that has been upon people in this house that they've been carrying, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, let it fall off now. Let it fall off to any man or woman that this applies to. If there's been any dead weight on your life that you've been carrying that is not from God, I say now in the name of Jesus, let that dead weight fall and may you now start to see yourself flourishing and becoming the man and the woman that God has called you to be. In the name of Jesus. So Father, I pray right now with every person standing here who has stepped out of something I pray right now in the name of Jesus 
that whatever thing that has been keeping them back, whatever thing that has been holding them back, whatever struggle, if it's shame, if it's guilt, if it's fear, I pray right now in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, for all those things right now to break off their lives now in the name of Jesus. Let everything on their lives that is not from you, let it break off now. Let it break off. Let any power that has been holding your people that is not from you, let it fall off right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you launch them now. Launch them in this year, Father God, with what you have for them, God. And Father, I pray, thank you that they will look back and say, if it wasn't for the Lord who was by my side, I will not be where I am. Father, I pray that you glorify yourself. Glorify yourself in their lives, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is a door. My brother, what's your name? You, I'm seeing me touching you. It's not the Holy Spirit. What's your name? Austin. I see a door opening within a door. I see a big door and I see a door right inside of that door opening. And the Lord said, I must tell you that he's opening up a door in, the, in a place in your heart. It might seem like a small door. To you, it might feel like, God, this is not a big enough door for you to open. But say, do not despise the door that I'm getting ready to open on the inside of you. God said he wants to get into places in you that for many years you have been asking for him to get into. And you prayed. And then sometimes you just thought, maybe it might not happen. God said, I'm coming into that place. And anything that was in there that you felt that has been heavy, God said, I'm pulling that thing out of you. But I'm using it's a small door. It's not going to be boom, a major thing. It's just going to be feel like a small door that is opening. And I really sense as well that it's going to go beyond what you're sensing on the inside of you. That even around you in this year, God wants to open up a door for you. But he said, I must let you know, do not despise the small door. Because through that door that is going to lead, into, lead you into, there's going to be a bigger door waiting for you. So there's going to be a door that is going to open. It looks small. Go through it. Because beyond that door that God has opened for you that might be small, there's a bigger door that is getting ready to open for you. And the only way you can open the bigger door for you is if you go through this small door first. But it's going to start first on the inside of you. He said, I, he said, I want your attention like never before. He said, I've been waiting and you want to give it all to me because you love me. You've got a soft heart towards God. Very soft. Very, very soft. And God said, I'm going to meet you at that place, in that place. And after it's completed on the inside of you, it's going to happen on the outside. Don't despise the small door. It's going to lead to a big door. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you give this young man hunger. Hunger like he has never known, God. Let him hunger for you, God. Because there are certain things, Father God, that you wear for him. But Father is going to start from a place of hunger, 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 hunger. You see, in the natural, when we eat, we get full. We can't eat no more. But in the spiritual, the more we eat, the more hungry we get. I pray for that hunger. That you eat of what God has for you and the more and hunger, hunger will just come on you. Whatever it is, God, of the past that has enslaved this young man and told him that he cannot be, I break the power of lies of your life. I break the power of lies of your life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I break every lie and I release the truth of God about you, you mighty warrior. You mighty warrior. You mighty warrior. Rise in the strength that God has given you. Rise in the strength that God has given you. 
Many have buried you, but you are coming alive. Many had buried you. Many, many, many said to you that you'll never come out of certain things. But he said, I took you out, but now I'm getting ready to, to resurrect you in power. I'm getting ready to resurrect you with my power. Don't believe the lies. Do not believe the lies. What's your name? What's your name? Daniel tells, do not believe the lies. Daniel tells, you are rising up in the power of the resurrection of Christ. Your life is changing right in front of your eyes. There's going to be hunger, 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 and he's going to use you and his fire will burn in you. His fire, his fire will burn on the inside of you. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Father, glorify yourself this morning. We thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. We have to have communion. But God's power is there. Know that you have stepped out. You need to believe that for each and every one of you. Know that you have stepped out. Know that it's a new day. Know that it's a new day. And when those thoughts comes back to tell whatever it is, say no. I have stepped out and I'm stepping into what God has for me. I'm stepping into the mandate of God. And I pray that God will reveal to each and every one of you who your name is according to him. You're not that weak Gideon that is hiding, but you are a mighty warrior. You are a mighty warrior. God has heard you. He has heard you. Prayers that you prayed in your heart without even saying them with your mouth. There's been desires on the inside of you that you, did not, you didn't even know how to pray them to God. You said, there were times we just felt like, I just need, I don't even know how to put this in words. God said he's, he was listening to you. He said almost every one of them. So I was listening. And he said he's getting ready to give you words to be able to articulate what he's doing on the inside of you. You are going to get ready to say things in prayer that you're going to see them come to pass. For there was so much that you carried on the inside of you that you wanted to say, but you never knew how to say it. But God said, I'm, I'm getting ready to give you words to articulate those things. And so God said, I was there. I was, I'm with you. He said, I was sitting with you all that time with the frustration. Just your heaviness of frustration. He said, I was there, but I'm giving you words to articulate. You are a pillar. You are a pillar. And he is your pillar. Whew. I pray for wisdom for this man, God. I pray for wisdom, God. Wisdom in this season. Wisdom in this new season that he's going into. Because God is saying, ready to take you into a season where his wisdom is going to be very important. God said, do not doubt yourself. Do not doubt his spirit. Do not doubt his wisdom. He said, I'm giving you wisdom. You'll be able to do things that you'll not, in your head, not know how to do them. But he said, you have to lean on my wisdom. And wherever it's taking you, I don't know what it is, I just see it taking you into a place where in your mind you're going to think, oh gosh, how, how, how am I going to do this? God said, I'm going to give you wisdom. Walk with me. Walk with me. I'm going to give you wisdom. And don't go back to the things of the past that told you that you lack somewhere. Because there's been challenges. Some people have even come to you and tried to challenge you in the past. Oh, you never, whatever. God said, don't believe those stuff. You are a man of wisdom and I'm giving you wisdom. But where I'm taking you, he said, you're going to have to walk close to me because I'm going to reveal them to you. And the lies that have come from the past of what was said over you, those lies are falling off. The lies of the past are falling off. Every one of them. Every one of them. Father, I pray that you deliver this man from every lie that was spoken to him about his wisdom and insight. You will see things before she, he sees them. God will show you things before he sees them. You pray for those things. 
Because there are things in the past that you have seen before you see, saw them and you never know what to do. God said, pray into those things and I'll release them. You are a pillar. That frustration has been unplugged out of you. Anointing is put on the inside of you to pray and know what you're articulating when you pray. Let's go into communion. And I just want to say this is okay, Pastor Ross, because we need to go into communion. We'll be sensitive of time. I'm going to give my time after the service, everything is done. If you still feel like you need to be prayed for, whatever. I just feel that certain people that might feel that they need to be prayed with and stand with. So after everything is done, we can come back, if it's okay, Pastor Ross, and we can pray a little bit more. So let's, uh, let's not delay the communion. in your hand if you can stand with me I don't know who this is for but as uh, Prophet Ali was speaking reading from uh, the text about the burning bush Moses being spoken to and God said to me to say to someone here, you might, you might feel like bush, but you're not just any ordinary bush. He said, I'm not burned. You're not on fire for me to burn you up. You're on fire for me to brighten you up. Who's ready for God to brighten them up? Is there anybody who's been kind of fearful that you're going to burn up? You're not going to burn up. You're not going to burn up. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! On that day before Jesus went to the cross, he sat with his disciples. <sighs> and he said, I want you to remember what I'm about to do. I'm going to the cross to pay the ultimate price for you. My body is going to be scourged and beaten. They will stick a spear in my side and the blood will come out. You got to know, I think it no robbery <laughs> to do this for you. As often as you eat this bread and you drink this wine, know that I've won for you. Know that I've won for you. That you're not going to burn up. The fire is not to burn you up. The fire is to brighten you up. Would you partake with me? The bread. I feel my brightness coming. Woo! I feel my brightness coming. I feel my brightness coming. Would you drink with me? Whew. Somebody needs to tell him, I feel my brightness coming. 
My fire is not to burn me up. What I'm going through is not coming to burn me up. It felt like you were burning up. It, fe it feels like you're burning up. But you're not going to burn. Folks are going to pass by you and look at you and say, how come he ain't burning up? How come they're not being destroyed? How come they're not losing their mind? Because this is not a fire to burn up. This is a Holy Ghost fire to brighten you up. I am brighten. I am going to brighten up this morning. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Would you give God a, 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 a brighten fire, a brighten worship? I'm bright. I'm getting brighter. I'm getting brighter. I'm getting brighter. I'm getting brighter. My light is hey! My light is shining. Thank you, Jesus. I'm closing this portion of our service down. For all of you that have been watching online with me, you got to know that not only is it true that God loves you, that's a given, but I want you to know that we are striving to be a church that loves like Jesus that loves you the first time, the very first time we want to love you with the same open arms that we would when you've been here two years and we really get to know you. Why? Because our love is not, is not a love based on trust that we develop. It's a love that is based on God's openness to you. And we want to represent that. If you're online and you watch this, you've prayed the prayer of forgiveness and ask God to come into your heart, please drop us a line. Let us know who you are. You will see the information online. Those of us who believe in first fruits, somebody mentioned that to me. We were at the beginning of the year. I believe in sowing first fruits. I do it every year. Some folks have asked me, how have you made it living on, you know, 70% of income. That's for years and years. I if God's going to prove himself to me, I'm not going to do the least. I'm going to try to do the most. And for the last probably 10 years or so, I have averaged just personally, just giving 28 to 30% of my income back to the Lord in ministry, in helping. And, and I've never, I believe what David said. I was young, and I'm still young. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Look at somebody and tell them, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Hallelujah. My mama could tell you, she'll say, she can talk all day about that. She's been young, and she, now she's older. And she can tell you, never seen righteous forsaken, mama, nor seed begging bread. Hallelujah. Would you just lift your hand with me? Just we can close this portion out. Remember, there's still prophetic flowing. And if God has been speaking to you and you're here, you need to get what God put in, in Prophet Ali for you. If you come, it's going to come out. If you stay there, it'll just be stay dormant in him. So you got to know what you need and you've got to make a decision as soon as we finish closing this part of the service out. Father, we thank you for your, your grace, your merited favor. <laughs> thank you, God, for the release and recovery that we already feel. I feel my second wind coming, Lord. Hey, hey. We feel our second wind coming, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the anointing that you placed on the man of God this morning. That you used him to stir up confidence. I have confidence. I have confidence. I don't believe in myself. I don't trust myself, but I have confidence in what God said. I have confidence in what the Word said. I have confidence in what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in me.
and I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. Having done all to stand, I'm going to stand. In Jesus' name. Father, bless those that are leaving. Cover us. Let this year be a year not just of, of 365 years, days, but let this launch us into a season of years, a season of years, God. We will not limit you. We are launching, we are launching into a season of years, a season of years. We will not limit you to 365. We are launching into a season of years, oh God. Thank you, Father, for everything you've done today. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that is continuing as your man of God continues to touch and impart into your people. We give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you for this service. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, those of you who are online. Bless those of you who are here. If you're not going to be coming forward to be prayed for, uh, would you just uh, quietly move towards the back or on the sides?